Welcome to Meditat Moments. My name is Chris Comans and today we're going to talk about the epidermis. After studying a Bachelor of Applied Health Science in Clinical Aesthetics and a postgraduate degree, graduate certificate in medicine, skin cancer medicine, I can tell you that the skin never ceases to amaze me. Did you know that our skin is our largest organ? If you stretch the skin out, did you know that it would measure approximately two metres squared? And if you weighed it when it was off your body, it would weigh approximately four or five kilograms. The epidermis is a binary system of cells comprising of keratinocytes and melanocytes, separated from the dermis by a basement membrane and from the external environment by a compact layer of non-viable cells, the stratum corneum. Keratinocytes, that's a Greek word meaning horn. They derive from a layer of basal cells at the base of the epidermis called the stratum basalis. As new basal cells are formed, they displace earlier formed cells, causing these cells to effectively move away from the basal layer towards the stratum corneum. Keratinocytes are joined to each other by interlocking cytoplasmic processes, desmosomes, and by an intracellular cement of glycoproteins and lipoproteins. Now for our cosmetic tattooists, that intracellular cement of glycoproteins and lipoproteins are often the reason why our older clients, we find it a little bit more tricky to implant pigment into their skin. Or you know you say sometimes you just can't get the colour in? Because as our skin ages, our, those glycoproteins and the lipoproteins build up in that stratum corneum, in those corneocytes, because our skin doesn't desquamate as often as it does when we're younger. So this could be a little helpful hint for you. Now, because the desmosomes remember, uh, resemble spikes or prickles, this layer of cells is called the prickle cell layer or stratum spinosum. Now, this is my favourite layer, and we'll talk about that in another podcast on another day. As keratinocytes migrate up, upwards from the basal layer, they differentiate into keratin-producing cells in the stratum spinosum and are now known as squamous cells. Now, squamous is a Latin word, and it means scale-like ultimately becoming flattened and scale-like and losing their nuclei at the level of the stratum corneum, where they are named corneocytes. There are some special granules in the stratum granulosum, and they break up and disperse their contents throughout the cytoplasm of their cells, which then form bricks, which are the corneocytes we spoke about, of the thick horny stratum corneum. So we've got some bricks in there and we've got some cement. So that's sort of um, forming a bit of a theme about what happens to that outer layer of our skin. Because it really is designed to keep things out. The melagranules are derived from the Golgi apparatus. They discharge their contents into the intracellular space as the lipids forming the cement. Uh, 
which binds the corneocytes of the stratum corneum together. Now in our ageing clients, the skin takes longer to desquamate and the cement becomes really difficult to penetrate. And that's why it can be tricky to get colour into our older client's skin because there's lots of cement in there. And bricks, we've just learnt. Keratin, it's a protein, so the keratin fibrils in the cells of the stratum corneum align and aggregate to give the epidermis strength. And corneodesmosomes, which are modified desmosomes, facilitate cellular adhesion by linking adjacent cells within the epidermal layer. At the surface of the stratum corneum, these complex, well, these are sort of complex, complexes and, ah, oh, they degradate, you know, like degrade the protease, eventually permitting cells to be shed at the surface. So that protease are the things that help our cells desquamate. The stratum corneum is the final organic barrier between the individual and the external environment. It is slightly permeable to water, but relatively its job is to be impermeable. And it's impermeable to ions such as sodium, potassium, and to su substances such as glucose and urea. And we'll discuss that in another episode. The thickness, now the thickness of the stratum corneum varies from extremely thin on the eyelids to over one millimetre thick on the soles of the feet. Now, the stratum corneum is that external layer and sometimes it can thicken and become quite um, compact. And as I said, the older we get, often the less it desquamates and we hang on to those older cells. And so it sort of becomes known as a, like a basket weave and in skin cancer medicine, they don't measure, if you've heard of breast flow thickness, they do not measure the stratum corneum section of our skin because it can range in thickness. And especially in skin conditions such as psoriasis, for example, Normally the cells of the stratum corneum have shed their nuclei and such normal stratum corneum is known as orthokeratotic and can have a so-called basket weave morphology, which is the normal morphology on all skin surfaces except the palms of your hands and the soles of your feet, where the keratin is more densely packed. So that's why our skin's sort of thicker there. You'll notice our skin on our hands and our skin on our feet is different, sort of more compact type of skin. The time from a basal cell being formed in the stratum basalis until natural proliferation of basal cells displaces it into the level of the stratum corneum, so that growth phase, is approximately 40 to 56 days in normal skin. 
so from the time it's born till the time it's shed. And that's accelerated in con or skin conditions such as psoriasis. And in psoriasis, this process speeds up and can take seven days. So psoriasis patients aren't, or psoriasis clients, you really shouldn't be tattooing those clients. That can be quite troublesome for the client, but also not work out very well for you as a clinician. Keratin produced by the keratinocytes in the epidermis is a fibrous structural protein which assembles into filaments to form a semi-permeal barrier or the outermost layer of the skin. Keratin also forms in specialised structures including hair and nails. The thickness of the epidermis varies from 0.04. Did you hear that? The thickness of the epidermis varies from 0.04 millimetres on the eyelids to 1.5 millimetres on the soles of the feet. So our soles of our feet, really thick skin. If the stratum corneum is excluded, the thickness of the epidermis is approximately 0.1 millimetres. At all sites except the eyelids, where it is approximately half that thickness. So let's try and put that into perspective. A thickness of 0.1 millimetres represents about 10 keratinocytes. Each keratinocyte measures approximately 10 microns. So it's nothing. So, you know, we have these big um, body tattoo devices that penetrate three point, the stroke length 3.5 millimetres. Ladies, we do not need to be using such powerful devices because our epidermis is so thin and we only need to penetrate into the papillary dermis. That's our target zone. So it's, the papillary dermis is just below the epidermis. The main cell in the epidermis is the keratinocyte and these arise from the basal layer as we've discovered. And they mature into squamous cells as they displace upwards by the formation of new basal cells. Melanocytes are distributed among the basal cells in that basal layer of the epidermis in a ratio of between 1 to 10 or 1 to 30, sort of in that ratio, depending on the degree of sun exposure of the skin. The epidermis has no blood or lymphatic vessels and relies on nutrition or diffusion from the blood vessels in the dermis from which it is separated by the basement membrane. I hope you find this interesting as I do. We'll continue to talk in our next podcast about a little bit about um, embryology, but we're also going to discuss the cells of the epidermis, the melanocyte, the Langerhans cells. I hope you've enjoyed today. My name's Chris Comans. Thank you for joining us. I look forward to talking with you again soon.